Hi, I'm Corey Laparty, a member of the Rotary Big West New Club Task Force, and I love highlighting Rotarians who bring new styles of Rotary Clubs to their communities. Rotarians who believe in service and taking action. Expanding Our Reach is a new monthly series of interviews highlighting the stories of new clubs started in the Rotary Big West. In our first episode, I interview Brian Rush, the Charter President of the Rotary Club of Global Action District 5150, and I ask Brian just how new e-clubs and cause-based clubs are making an impact in the world and attracting a new and diverse community of Rotarians. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for taking the time to share with us today about starting your new Rotary Club. Hi, Corey. Thanks so much for having me. I'm um, thrilled to be here and be part of this and share this. So tell me, Brian, what was your background in Rotary before starting this club? To start with, I was originally a Rotary Youth Exchange student. So when I was 16, I, I did a youth exchange to Brazil for a year. Um, I kind of grew up with Rotary. My grandfather was a Rotarian, and uh, and we constantly had Rotary exchange students coming through my school. So that was really my first kind of exposure to Rotary was through this international lens. And then in my 20s, I joined the Rotary Club of Hollywood, was by far the youngest person in that club. <laughs> but it was it was exciting. It was it was a much more progressive club, I think, at the time than a lot of a lot of clubs that were out there. And so we really just I, I had this opportunity to be part of it, learn about it and, and really interact with with Rotary in a way that I hadn't as an exchange student. So it really kind of expanded my view of what Rotary could be. Um, you know, as I kind of got more into my professional career and also uh, in the Rotary world. And what exactly prompted you to start a Rotary Club? You know, it's it's interesting. I travel a lot, uh, so I work. I do I, I do international consulting for for uh, different charities, primarily associated with the Nobel Peace Laureates. And so, in non COVID times, I'm kind of all over the place. And and in fact, it's been kind of kind of sad because I've been looking back at my memories a year ago and I was in India and I was in Japan and I was in South Africa and then now I go to my kitchen. Um, but I realized that that when I was doing that, it was really hard for me to, to make my meetings um, because I was only really around for one meeting a month. And so my district doesn't currently didn't have a an e club at the time, and I thought, wow, this if you know if we had an e club, it would be something that would allow for me to really get there and be part of it as much as I could, no matter where I was in the world. And so that was really the the beginning of it. And my district governor, um, well, she was a district governor elect at the time, Mary Bates. I knew that she had really wanted an e club, and so it was really that was the beginning of it. And then really the the second part for me was my focus and my passion is international service. And while many of the clubs in my district do international projects, I, you know, I, I personally, that's, that's what I care about. That's what I want to focus all my energy on. And so I thought, why not start a club that that's our focus is international service. And so we don't really, I mean, all our projects are local for some, one of our club members somewhere in the world, but uh, we don't do a lot of, of the local community things that many Rotary clubs do. Everything we do is international right now. So besides being an e-club and international service, is there anything else that's different about the club culture of your new club versus your original club? Rotary is about your community, right? And it's about serving your community. And I realized when I was starting the club, my community is a global community. And so what if I started this club but really reached out to my global community to be members? So when we chartered uh, in October, I think we we had members from 14 different countries. Um, today we have currently 17 different countries represented and we have about 30, 32 members, I think. 
Um, and it really is, you know, um, members from from the Middle East, from Europe, from South America, from all over Africa. And, and it really is that global community. You get this feeling when you come to a meeting that, that uh, it's almost like the United Nations. You have people from all over the world coming and having conversations about these different things, but through a rotary lens. And one of the things that's been amazing for us is because of that, we haven't had, we've been able to continue international service projects, right? Because we can, we can organize things, you know, within the club, wherever, wherever the members who are organizing it are, but we can then do distribution in Kenya because we have a member in Kenya who is able to do that for us, or we can do distribution projects in India because we have members in India who are able to handle that for us. So that's one way. The other thing is that I've really been passionate about diversity. And so we have made an effort to, to diversify in every way we can, whether that's race, whether that's gender, um, age, I very much, I, I'm very passionate about sort of this intergenerational conversation. And so we've really reached out to younger members and older members and made them all equals within the club so that they can really get ideas from each other on, on how to best do different projects or, or best give back to Rotary. I know one of the purposes of this club was to make Rotary more accessible to people. So how have you kind of addressed that through the club culture? Thanks for asking that, Corey. You know, one of the things that, that I've really wanted to do with this club is, is make it available to anybody that wanted to be a member of Rotary. And one of the things that I found was, you know, there's so many amazing people in the world who would make great Rotarians, but for some reasons they might not be able to. For example, I have I have members in in certain countries in Africa who are so giving and they're constantly giving to their community, but financially they just, you know, they might make $200 a month. So $200 a year, which is what our dues are, are kind of excessive for them to be Rotarians. So we, we set up a way to, how can we, how can we make it available to them? Really? How can we remove obstacles to people for people to becoming members? And so one of the things that we've done is we set up sponsorship programs so that um, those that need it, that might not be able to afford it, whether that's because, you know, we're all living through COVID at the moment and, and some of us have, have been financially strapped. So maybe we can't make that um, that commitment to pay for the, then, you know, we'll, we'll cover that for them. We'll find a way to make that happen. Or whether it's because they just happen to live in a region that, you know, San Francisco is a very expensive place to live, but we also make a lot of money. I recognize that in Delhi, people aren't making the same amount of money, and but they would still make fantastic Rotarians. Another thing that I've been really passionate about is how do we get Rotaractors involved in Rotary? Because it seems that there's there's very much a disconnect. We've got this huge group of young people who are super excited about the organization within the Rotaract world, but they're not translating into Rotary members. So one of the things we've done as a club is we have waived everything but Rotary International dues for dual members of Rotaract and Rotary to really incentivize people to do that. And we do that for a period of three years or until they turn 30. Um, to to remove that financial obstacle. But the hope is that they can come to a club and really realize that there is a reason to be part of Rotary and still, you know, continue on with what they're doing in Rotaract because Rotaract does amazing things as well, right? But there are things within the Rotary world that Rotaractors don't have access to, especially if they want to move up within the organization. And then finally, it's really about how can we make as many people Rotarians as possible? So I think... You know, and many people know this, but we have one of the first Cuban members um, to be a Rotarian since uh, 1979 when Rotary pulled out of Cuba. And Cuba, you know, was the first um, Spanish 
language um, or the, the first non-English speaking country that had Rotary. And they were very, 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 you know, deep into Rotary. They hosted an international convention. They had a lot of clubs. And so when the organization pulled out of Cuba, suddenly there, there was no more Rotary. And, and I just feel like that isn't necessarily, I think we should be trying to make more Rotarians. So I kind of realized early on, like, hey, I know we can't have clubs in, in Cuba, but there's no reason why Cubans can't join my club since we're not based in Cuba. <laughs> and, and it sort of became a, a, an issue with legal RI, but we were able to, to finally come to terms with that. And now we have the first Cuban member. Uh, you know, we've, we've also been opening it up to, for example, women in the Middle East. Um, I have a woman who, who joined our club who is not able to join her local club because they don't allow women. And so, you know, it's really about how can we remove those obstacles so that we can have more Rotarians to really continue to be a service in the world, right? Because that's what we're all here to do and, and to, to expand upon that and, and, and to be able to um, really recognize that, that building Rotary is great for all of us. And, and the more people we can get involved in this organization, the better it's going to be for all of us. You chartered the club, you said uh, like 14 different countries. Uh, how many people did you charter with? We chartered with 26 members. Okay. So, and how many of them were already Rotarians? So three were current Rotarians. And then I think we had another three, three or four who had left Rotary and actually came back, um, which I'm, I'm actually super excited about because I think that, you know, when people leave Rotary, so often we, I think we just kind of lose them. And when I was starting the club, I had people reach out like, hey, this person used to be in Rotary, but they left because for whatever reason, then they fill in the reason you should talk to them. And so I call and we kind of explore. And it just happened to be that the club that we had created sort of fit what their goals were, what they wanted out of Rotary. And I think that that's really important because, you know, so often we're losing people, but we're not really like, hey, why are we losing you? Um, and and if somebody really cares about an international service and you join a club and all they're, you know, doing is, is local stuff, you might lose them because that's not where their passion lies or vice versa. You know, I mean, I, when people come to me and, and, we talked to them. We have quite a few people from District 5150, which is where we're based, um, come to us and they're like, oh, but you know, I really care about local projects. And I'm like, well, hey, then here's a great club for you. And I'll put them, you know, with one of one of the other clubs in our district where they're going to fit much better. You're an e-club. How are you doing these projects? I mean, what kind of projects can an e-club really do? Our first project we did was, was uh, providing PPE to a hospital in Guatemala. And we did that in partnership with uh, an organization here in, in the district called H2 Open Doors, who had been doing a water project. But so we kind of worked that and, and um, you know, people on the ground here in our district, um, in our club, went, packed up stuff and, and shipped it down there. On New Year's Day, we, or New Year's Day weekend, we did our global cleanup. So we, we actually have an app that we uh, had everyone that was involved uh, download and it was a, a trash pickup wherever you are in the world. And so we can actually track members in Kenya and members in London and members in Costa Rica picking up trash and, and how much we did. And so we actually had um, 89 people picking up trash in uh, on four continents that weekend. And we picked up over a half a ton of trash around the world. And so uh, that's, you know, one of the ways that we're able to stay connected, but still, you know, do things independently. And then we share stories and we, you know, we have a WhatsApp group. So we're able to constantly be in touch with each other. And we have a Facebook, you know, private group plus our public page. A lot of it is driven through digital media and, and being able to stay connected as much as possible 
and and that's helpful. Our most recent project, we realized in in the Maasai tribe with Kenya, a lot of the students weren't able to go back to school because they they didn't have what they needed to be in school as far as PPE and, and different resources. So we were able to fundraise through our charter event to to get the money to send to Kenya. And then our members on the ground in Kenya were able to distribute you know, reusable masks and set up hand washing stations at different schools. And then we also provided um, sanitary uh, kits to almost 700 girls throughout the tribe. So it's, yeah, just sort of tapping into our network around the world. Um, did you have a charter uh, sponsor club? We did. So actually my former club, the Rotary Club of Peninsula Starlight was our, our sponsor club. And then, and they're, you know, one of the newer clubs in our district as well. Um, we had an amazing support from past district governor, Jerry Fujimoto from district 5150, who, uh, was sort of our liaison with the district. And actually the district has been, I have to say on every level of Rotary from, from just club members in other clubs to the high, you know, we, we did a big event in, in uh, president Holger Kanak our launch event wasn't, we weren't even a club yet, but he came and spent, you know, 90 minutes with us. And, and that was really how we launched the club. Like, Hey, we're, we're doing something different. Our club is really about how do we, uh, how can we build an empathy of cultures across borders? And, and so, and so much because we're an e-club, most of what we do is digitally. So we realized early on, we could kind of tap into people from all over the world to come and join us and build up some, some momentum around what we're doing. And, and uh, I'm super grateful for President Holger and everyone down to, you know, other club members in, in, in my district that have been helping to, to support the efforts that we've been doing. So I got to ask you, how long did it take from the time when you said, hey, I want to start a Rotary Club to actual chartering? Was it a long time? No, actually. Um, I decided the end of June that of 2020 that I was going to do this. And we chartered in October. And we could have chartered in beginning of September, but we had actually already scheduled this launch event with, with President Holger for the end of September. So we didn't want to charter before, <laughs> before we did the launch event. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, so we kind of we we held it off for another couple of weeks after that, um, and submitted everything literally the first week of October, and then had our charter accepted on the twentieth twentieth of October. That's really pretty fast. So uh, tell me, Brian, what was the most surprising part of the experience? One of the most surprising things is is and you know I spoke to this already, but just the amount of of support that there is for for people to start new clubs. I always kind of thought that the, my impression was that that clubs would be sort of like not super supportive of you starting a new club because you know then that means potential of taking away members from them um but i've found the opposite like clubs across my district have been been introducing me to people that they think would make great members for my club and so i try to do the same um and then again you know on the district level on the zone level and uh up to ri i think it's just been fantastic to see the way that people have just been so supportive of what we're doing and, and excited about it really just like trying to say how can we get involved one of the things that's that's been challenging is is that um there's a lot of of logistical issues that that um that i've been i've been trying to encourage people within my district and and hopefully in the zone level two to to consider moving forward because it's just things like you know, the 501c4, when she set that up, 
well, I'm in California, so I also need to set all that up with the Secretary of State of California, but nobody really tells you that. <laughs> so it's it's like a lot of that kind of stuff that, that fortunately, because I have a nonprofit background, I was sort of like, oh, hey, do I need to do this? But if I didn't know that, I would be just going about my way thinking, oh, hey, everything's all set up. So I think that there's still room to, to create sort of an educational piece about how to best start new clubs, because I think that, that, um, and I, and I think that for some of it, you know, I mean, like I, I would contact my CDS person. Well, that person's based in Arizona. So he doesn't know all the laws in California. Right. And so I think that there's, there's that kind of thing that, that, um, needs some consistency, but overall it's just been, people have just been amazingly supportive of what we're doing. Any other words of wisdom you have for other people looking to start a Rotary Club? When we did our event with President Holger, he, he said, when you start a club, start it with your friends. And that's really what I've done. You know, when I started the club, I just started reaching out to my friends around the world saying, hey, do you want to be part of this? And they knew about my association with Rotary and they'd seen things that I've done with Rotary. And so they very much wanted to be part of that. Um, and then they started doing the same thing, just reaching out to their friends. And I, I think that like so often we we kind of think, oh, we, you know, we compartmentalize our life, right? Like this is Rotary, this is work, this is family. And I just sort of didn't do that. I was just like, put it all out there. Like, hey, this is me and and uh, come be part of this if you want to. And it's it's been exciting to see how many people want to be part of that. So I, I just say, reach out to your friends and, and do what you can to to get people involved with with what you're doing. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for sharing today about starting your Rotary Club and how you're able to bring past Rotarians in and find new people and get them excited about Rotary and make our world a, a little bit smaller. So thank you again for being here with us today. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Corey. This has really been been a pleasure. I appreciate it.